Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. My name is Noor Kidwai, your host. This episode today, we got Marito Lopez. Marito's an amazing comedian. I love him a lot. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's based here in Toronto. He's also a great writer, so uh, check out his blog, uh, maritolopez.wordpress.com. Uh, this is a blog a lot about his recovery with addiction. And uh, we talk a lot about that in this podcast, so I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I know I did. I want to thank everybody for the support I'm getting for this podcast. It keeps growing every week, and I appreciate that. And like I said, if you can uh, please go to any uh, podcast platform you're on, subscribe, give it a good rating. That's the best thing you can do to help this grow, and I really do appreciate that. But let's get into our next episode, everybody. This is episode 9 with Marito Lopez. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. Uh, I'm Noor Kidwai, and today uh, we got my man, Marito Lopez. Marito, thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's poppin', bro? Wow, what's poppin'? What's poppin'? I'm just chillin', man. Uh, how are you, you dealing with the quarantine? Uh, you doing all right? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to take it one day at a time, you know? Like, I'm starting to miss outside. I'm starting to miss stand-up and, like, everyday life, but... I, I like I am taking like the the benefits of quarantine, like being able to like work out and focus on yourself and like reading and learning and all that shit. So like I've I've been taking full advantage of that. Yeah, good for you, man. That's uh one thing you need to do during this time. I think is actually like focus on like some like self development at least. Like uh, I don't know what else can you do, eh? It really sucks, uh, especially because I think me and you both are just like such stand up like uh, nerds. We just love going out and trying to get better at stand up. And now we just have that like one part of us that it's like kind of taken away. So uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Try to develop the rest of yourself, right? Um, yo, so uh, like I've been telling, uh, I want to tell people, uh, you've been uh, releasing these blogs though since uh, you started um, the quarantine. Uh, were you releasing them before the quarantine? I know you've had a few blogs before that as well, right? Yeah, like back in the day, like I, I would like try to put blogs up because I've always like I always loved writing and like literature and journalism and and stuff like that, especially like hip hop magazines. I always wanted to do stuff like that, like you know, write reviews about music or. Um, even touch on my life, like short stories, whatever. But you know how it is with stand up. Like once you you do stand up, it's like if you really want to get good, all you can really focus on is stand up. So I, I found that like my writing always took the the back burner, right? But now that we're in this like isolation, I'm like, oh fuck, I can I can practice my writing again. Yeah. No so kidding. I just I just I needed a creative outlet and and the blog was like perfect because I get to stay home and write and edit and like just practice being creative without stand-up. Yeah, dude. And uh, honestly, like I wanted to tell you, like yeah, your like writing's really like on point that you can, uh, you put a lot of heart into it and I can like, I think I can feel it through your writing. I love that shit. And uh, you're very, you're, yeah, man, you're very open about 
like talking about your like addictions and um, your recovery and stuff like that that's happened in your life. And I, I really wanted to kind of get you on the podcast to talk about that a bit. Um, do you mind maybe like giving my audience a little bit of a background uh, from you and like maybe even up to the point where like we met in like Calgary and we got into comedy, like a little bit of your background? Yeah, for sure, bro. And you knew me back in the day too. Like you, yeah. you knew me back in the dirty days, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you referred to it? The dirty days? I was, I was, I was like a fucking wreck. But I, I remember Calgary was just like, it was, it, it was like a very hard community, a comedy community for like a guy like me to come up in, especially cause like I'm very ego driven. You know what I mean? I'm very, like, I always want attention and like, I, I always want, want to like come out on top. And in Calgary, it was like, it was tough for me because uh, I got into comedy because it kept me away from drinking, right? I got kicked out of university because I was, like, getting into too much trouble with uh, booze. So I, 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 like, latched on to comedy, like, to give me something to do, like, to pull me away from, like, the cycle of self-destruction that I kept throwing myself into. And for the longest time, it was working because I was doing something that I was actually good at. You know, like I was getting on stage and people were like, oh, like you have a talent. And that made me feel amazing. But you, you know how it is, bro. Like uh, stand up is filled with booze. Yeah. So like uh, it didn't take long for booze to catch up with me there. You mm -hmm. know, like I started, started drinking my face off, uh, making an ass out of myself at shows. And like I would just build resentments. I would build resentments towards like like the older white comedians that like where like I always felt like they were assholes to me. Um, I I loved like even though they were my best friends, like uh, like Chris Griffin and like um, Doug Mutai, I always felt like they were getting more love than I was, and that was pissing me off because I'm like I'm just as funny as they are. I'm even funnier than they are. Like that was my yeah. mind state, you know? Yeah, um, dude, that was honestly a very similar mind state to me. I think when you're getting into comedy, a lot of those like resentments and jealousies kind of start creeping up and you start going like, Hey, what the fuck? Like, why aren't I, why aren't I getting this kind of love? Right. And yeah. do you, do you think that like influenced uh, your drinking as well? Or, uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, um, like if you're an alcoholic or you're an addict, like the main thing that, uh, like fuels, um, the the self destruction is always resentment, right? And it it, it it's like an excuse to 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 self destruct. Well, I'm gonna self destruct because of this or because of that person or what this person did to me or what society did to me. Like it's always about resentment. You know what I mean? And like when when you like when you when you escape that, then you look at like how weak and petty resentments are, and that's when like you find freedom because you're like, Oh, that shit never mattered. You know what I mean? Like that, that oh, yeah. shit was never like a, like a thing that should have destroyed me. Like I hate Calgary's standing community because I always felt like it was racist. If you weren't liked by the, like the older white comedians, then you weren't shit. And, uh, but that was like, it was true to a point, but it wasn't everything. It wasn't the end all be all. And I tried to make it seem like it was like, the fucking the universe was against me you know mm -hmm. it's like no man like yeah there is some like racist dumbasses in calgary but it 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 doesn't like it's no excuse to go drinking or to like ruin your career right like it's a, it's about becoming better from it like like learning how to like 
shine no matter what. And like yeah. that's what taught me. When I left when I left Calgary, like Toronto helped me find my voice, like it helped me find myself and sobriety, right? So but but even still, like Toronto has its has its like uh you know, it, it makes you want to fucking snap, you know. Bro, like Toronto, <laughs> I know, I know. Bro, Toronto fucked me up, man. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, the first year in Toronto fucked me up hard. I like. Um, I think the first year is always the hardest when you go to a new city, but it's like it's just so new, and you have uh, like in Calgary is a small community. Now you go to Toronto, which is a huge comedy community. So now you're just a speck of dust. Nobody knows you, and now you're trying to get into so many different uh, sub communities of uh, the comedy community, and like nobody knows you. So it's like a constant game of like now you have to be uh, constantly in people's faces and like reminding, like, yeah, man, it that uh, I like struggled with a little bit of depression from moving to Toronto, and yeah. uh, all the stuff you talked about, resentments and jealousies and stuff with uh, comedy. I think that's. Uh, something a lot of like any kind of artist and especially in comedy we have to deal with like i know my thinking like how you were saying like sometimes oh, you yeah. just think of other comics and uh you would just be like hey why them and like why not me and you constantly start thinking that but i remember like i remember like you have to break down that kind of resentment eh? because like you got to start like i remember seeing that and then all of a sudden in my head i would be like why is it like every time another comic comes around, I start getting jealous and it's just like, no, this shit's just in my head. It's just a complete made up thing that I'm putting on myself. And then like how you said, resentment is such a weak, weak, petty uh, emotion that just takes you to self-destruction, right? Yeah, 1000. And bro, when I moved to Toronto, I thought that I was cured of jealousy. I thought that I was cured of like being envious or like worrying about petty shit like that, right? Because like of all the things I learned in rehab and like recovery and whatever, whatever, but then it came back. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I felt hopeless. I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna be a jealous, insecure person for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter where I go. But then uh, the more and more I start like, especially during this quarantine, I start reading about it. It's like, yo man, you your own worst enemy is yourself. You know what I mean? We're always going to have these negative things in our life. It, that's just life. We're always going to suffer. We're always going to experience pain, uh, depression, whatever it may be. But like the, the beauty of life is learning how to cope with that. You know what I mean? It's like learning how to like interact with others and with yourself in this like, in this like endless cycle of like, like uh, pain. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah, what yeah. life is. Life is just, that's what it is, right? So, like, now I'm starting to discover that, like, all the things that we learned in the Bible or whatever, the Quran, whatever religion, your religion taught you, it's like, yo, man, all the, like, when I was a kid, I always thought that heaven came when you die, right? But now I'm starting to realize that, like, yo, you can bring heaven on earth, you know? Even amidst all this hell, you can find heaven. And that's what the beauty of life is, is that you can find heaven here. Mm. You can find it here on earth. And like, that's why it's so like, it's it's gorgeous, bro. Like we're warriors. We're always fighting. Every day we wake up, that's a new battle. And it's like, how are you going to battle today? That's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? Like, how are you, what armor are you going to put on? 
Like, how are you going to be uh, a great warrior today? And that's how I think about every day I wake up. Because my alcoholism is never going to go away. Never. It's, it's going to be there every day. You know what I'm saying? And and now I, like, I, I embrace it. I, like, I I welcome it as a friend. And then, I, and then like, I, I go on with myself. You know what I mean? I don't think I would have become the person that I am today if if it wasn't for my alcoholism. I used to hate it. I used to be like, fuck, why am I cursed with this thing? But now I'm like, yo, it's, it made me into like a, like a stronger man. Hell yeah. And, uh, so like how you said right there, like, uh, when my alcoholism shows up, I have, I embrace it and like, I know it's there. Uh, can you maybe give us a little like insight into like how your, uh, alcoholism might show up or how it might manifest, uh, in you where you're just like, Oh, here's that thing again. And like, now how am I going to deal with it? Well, the, the thing is like, it's about, um, the minute, the minute that I started like going back into old cycles, like, like something as simple as like, yo, I don't have enough time to make my bed. Um, I don't have enough time to brush my teeth. Uh, I don't have enough time to like get ready. You know what I mean? Like I'm always in a rush. Uh, uh, oh, fuck, like, Just for Laughs is coming up. You know what I mean? Oh, all these people got booked and I didn't. And if, like, like if I start falling off track of, like, off of, like, uh, off of, like, the the values and morals that I, that I give to my higher self, that's when I know that, like, my, my other side, my other self is, like, winning. Do you want to, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I wonder, yeah. It, it's, and it's simple shit, like, forgetting to brush my teeth. And I know that sounds gross, but it's true. Like I, if I don't brush my teeth, I know I'm in trouble because uh, I'm focusing on something else. Like when I'm not focusing on self-care, that's when I know that 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 shit is like there at its it's doing push-ups and I'm not. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. It's almost yeah. like you're kind of saying like uh, you're not in the moment. You're not living like I'm. I'm instead of being in the moment, uh, like focusing on like. The, the shit ahead, like that's right in front of me. I'm looking at end results. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Looking at rewards. I'm looking at the future or I'm focusing on the past. And, and that's the problem with comics uh, or any artist is, but like I, I, I use comics as an example. Cause like, that's what we are. We're always focusing on the reward of our journey. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, we're yeah. always focusing on like that HBO special just for laughs, whatever the fuck it may be. You know what I mean? But it's like, bro, you got to focus on what's going on right now because the journey is what makes Dave Chappelle. The journey is what makes Chris Rock. You just don't get there. If if we just got there, if we just got to like Chris Rock level, then there would be no beauty in the, in, in the struggle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. the joy will be left out of it, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's actually a good tra transition like I know I've talked to you about this uh, before but like uh, me meditation like uh, is this kind of a practice that uh, is important to you yeah every every day I try to wake up uh, and I meditate before I look at my phone you know what I mean Either I do yoga before I look at my phone that's uh and that's like a big one before you look at your phone and trust me uh, I'm having like issues especially during this quarantine with looking at my phone first 
And I noticed uh, when I do that, it like uh, puts so many bad negative patterns in my head of just like, just how I think. Like I might, even if it has something to do with just like news stories that like kind of like piss me off a little bit, but then it like gets these cycle of uh, like anger rolling through me, which like kind of can sometimes last throughout the day. And like, I just don't need that. It's unhealthy. Yeah, bro. I think like, listen, like uh, phones, are fucking legitimately, bro, they are, they're just pieces of trash that we, like, focus on so much. We They bring us so much, like, security. But it's like, oh, man, I can't wait to get to the point in my career where I don't got to fucking look at my phone. You know what I mean? I got someone to do that for me. I, I can't stand that I'm talking to you on a phone. You know what I mean? I wish that you and me could be having this conversation in a studio somewhere. That would be so dope. Phones are so like, yo, bro, when you think about it, they're so useless, man. Like we we, we put so much power to them, but it's like, nah, dude, like I, when I wake up in the morning and my phone's not right there, I, I feel so much better. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I used to sleep with my phone charging right beside me. That's like, oh, oh, I, I hate it. Like now I now I charge my phone in the other room. I charge it in right. It's not even in the same room as me, and it, I feel so much more calmer. Like mm-hmm. I honestly do believe that there's like these waves that come out of your phone. I don't know. Like, I might be talking like a crazy person, but I honestly feel like um, I, I, my life has become so much better without relying on this like. What what the plastic piece of I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey man, I I, I hear you. I'm uh and like phone addiction, like especially since this quarantine started, it's kind of actually been like a problem with me because you have a lot of extra time and like you're at home alone with your phone a lot of the time. So like, yeah, trust me, uh, it's something I'm uh, starting to worry about and understand. It's like a big thing to like actually consider rather than just brush it off and be like oh it doesn't harm anybody you know sorry to to that point too though right like i do believe everything happens for a reason you know what i mean i do believe that like phones and social media are are designed to make our lives better like they're 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 brought here by god or and the universe to like to make things more simple you know like yeah we're in quarantine but we're able to do this right now Mm -hmm. right and like I would love to be in a studio across from you. Like this is still beneficial. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We can't, uh, we can't be too hard on ourselves. Like with the phone. Like it's just about practicing to minimize it. That's it. At the end of the day, it is something that exists in our in our world, and there's a reason behind that. And it's a great reason. We're more connected than ever. So I do love that reason. Um, I think it's more of just like the reasons I choose to use it. So like if I choose to just scroll through social media or just dumb like uh, new stuff or like shit like that, like it honestly brings me like more negative consequences to my mental health when I do that so like those parts no but like this part amazing like I love being able to connect with so many people uh the other day like I got all my college friends on and we're just like all talking on that house party app and like we're just like all looking at each other and laughing and joking around so like yeah like I I hey I'm not hating on technology here uh but yo let's get back to uh meditation because uh i i love meditation so much you say you do this every morning which uh good for you because uh that's great so like 
um, can you give us like a little bit of uh, insight on like how uh, meditation might have helped with uh, your addiction at all? Yo, bro, I legitimately believe that meditation like saved my life because I've been trying to um, be sober for like a long time. It's It's been like since as long as you've known me, like I've been trying to sober up, which is like I've probably known you, Noor, for like maybe 10 years. That's a fucking yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and, maybe even a little longer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and in, in those, like, 10 years or, like, whatever it is, like, I, I've i been trying to, like, uh, stay sober that whole time. And I went to rehab, I went to AA, I went to detox. Like, I did a, a lot of special programs, and, like, nothing really clicked in until I started meditation. And so I think I've been practicing meditation for about... I'll say maybe five, five, six years. Okay. And at first it it just felt pointless. It felt like, oh man, my mind is constantly going. Mm-hmm. It's, it never stops. It's just always noisy. And like I always feel this fucking emptiness in the pit of my of my chest when I breathe and I breathe out. So I always like I couldn't I couldn't do it for more than like 30 seconds. It just was impossible. But the more and more I learned about it the more I started like being more easy on myself, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like my teachers were like, yo, it's not about clearing your mind. It's about sitting down and just focusing on that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just appreciating the fact that you're alive. And Mm -hmm. if you come to a complete stop in your mind, amazing. But if you don't, that's fine. Right. Like the fact is that you just took two minutes even out of your day to sit down and just chill and just try, you know, that that's all meditation is. It's about like focusing on what's going on in here. Cause today, bro, like during our conversation, we talked a lot about uh, a lot of uh, about like external forces, whether it be like jealousy, other comedians, social media, phone, whatever. Right. Those things are always going to be there. But when you take a moment to sit down and look at, look at what's going on in here, that's all meditation is, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we always picture meditation as like a guru on a rock somewhere and he has his eyes closed and he's humming. You know, yeah, that's, that is meditation. But like meditation, what I've learned is that where you just look at what's going on in here. Because at the end of the day, that's all that exists. That's the that's the thing that keeps you alive. You know oh, what I mean? Without that, you don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. While we have it, while we're alive on Earth, we gotta like appreciate what's going on in here. And I remember um, when it first started working. You know, I remember one time I was uh, when I was in rehab. Every morning I could meditate for like I felt I feel like twenty minutes, and it felt like I was in a different world. It felt like I was high, bro. It felt like I was on mushrooms. Oh yeah, it was, it was amazing, bro. Like it was, it was incredible. I felt like I tapped into the universe, and it felt like God downloaded a software into my head, where He was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you a 30 day trial." You know, <laughs> right? 30 day trial. But after this trial, it, it's not free anymore. Like you got to practice again. But I feel like He gave me that trial just so I can know that it's real. You know, mm-hmm. like that meditation is real, and. I haven't been able to get back there to where I was when, like, I, I feel I felt like I could tap into the universe. But um, my like those thirty seconds I was talking about 
have turned into like maybe five minutes where yeah. I can like sit down and focus on my breath. And like that took, like, like I told you, like six years of practice and it's, it's never ending. And it's like, it's really, it's helped me. And another thing that has helped my meditation is yoga. Like yoga, oh, body, I fucking love it. It connects your mind, your spirit, and your body. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had uh, Dina Jackson on here. She's a mutual friend of ours. Uh, she was, uh, she's a yoga teacher and meditation teacher. And uh, yeah, she was explaining even to me, like how, like when you're in those poses, they're like designed to actually like connect your body and your mind and like silence your mind, which is, uh, yeah, it's a, a silenced, calm mind is just like the beautiful, like fruit of like being able for meditating for like, long periods of time when you finally have a little sense of like what a silence mind is like when your thinking kind of calms down and it's just like such a beautiful feeling and um i know like uh how you were talking about external forces like so this is like one thing about meditation i've uh like i've learned is like it it gives you a part like when you look inside and you just like kind of stay there it gives like we talk in like a spiritual sense, like the whole word uh, word uh, acceptance. Like it kind of just says like, hey, accept those external things. Even your thoughts, we look at thoughts as external. So if you have resentment thoughts or resentful thoughts, you can like be like, hey, they're there, and I accept them, and I'm just gonna be in this moment right now and stay in this moment, and I'm just gonna accept that that's there rather than resist it. Because like in a spiritual sense, we if you resist something, which a lot of us are we do that naturally if we feel any kind of pain or negative emotion we'll like resist it and like uh, they'll say what you res- what uh you resist persists right so like uh, if you do have like resentments or any kind of negative attitudes that you want to like hopefully uh hopefully kind of practice to get rid of like yeah you want to accept them and just observe them observe how your resentment or your jealousies or any kind of maybe your cravings how they come up how they go and you'll start to notice that they're actually separate from you. They are external things. And uh, you want to, yeah, and you want to come back to that. uh, A lot of people say that now, the present moment, whatever it is, like that's why we try to have that kind of focus. And uh, yeah, it brings a lot of acceptance and self-love into your life, which I just would imagine is just so needed for somebody when they're uh, an addict, right? 1000%, man. And like, and like you were saying like that, all those things that we feel inside of us, it's so easy to think that they're part of us. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. they're in you. But like, once you see, once you observe them for what they are, that they're just like clouds, that they're just, they're going to go. Everything passes, you know? And and like one of the things that I've come to like a better conclusion with is that our true nature isn't resentment, hate, anger, all that shit like we think it is because like it, like it's so easy to to to, to like latch on to those emotions but i feel like our true nature is love bro that at the end of the day that's always there and and like cuz i i honestly i don't know like do you believe in god uh yeah i do like uh and like i would uh like my belief uh, would def go more into that uh i believe in love and the experience i believe in some sort of interconnection of any everything you know i do uh that's how my belief and i have come through that belief uh, mostly through meditation and psychedelics yeah. right yeah and yeah and i and, and i find like god 
God is that? Like, well, I always, I always used to like attribute it or so, no, I don't know if that's the right word, but I would always like connect it to religion. But now I'm like, no, nah, man, it's just love. It's just about unconditional love of everything. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like we always try to separate ourselves from things, people, whatever. But like, I feel like everything on this world, in this universe, even the shit that like disturbs us all comes from love. And it just, it's about like what people do with it. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. people gift of life. And sometimes it it's sad because like, we do negative things a lot of the times, right? Yep. It's always about being like, oh shit, having compassion and understanding that like this person or that, that thing went the wrong route. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, like, when we talk about love, it seems like such a simple thing. Um, like, even, like, the, some music, you'll be like, all you need is love or just stuff like that. And then it's just, like, it's very hard. Like, compassion, like, actually having that compassion, it's, like, something you have to, like, kind of practice consistently to let it grow inside you, right? Then, like, uh, love kind of feels like the same way. Like, um, it's easy to have love for people that you like truly do love and your friends and family and stuff. But like to actually have love and understanding for like just rand like people around you, just even society, like it's hard, especially when we're just so like uh, emotionally triggered by society. A lot of the times that it can like, we get taken back into like uh, lower kind of emotions, like anger and stuff. And like, I, I know for me, I think uh, like, for me, jealousy and anger are, like, things I've had to deal with a lot in my, like, as kind of my journey, and I still am dealing with them, but uh, I've definitely gotten a lot better and uh, been able to be, like, a more uh, loving person, which uh, is kind of kind of my goal, right? Yeah, bro. And, it, and it's so hard, right? It's so hard because it's so easy to, like, you know what one of the hardest things for me to let go of is gossip. Because yeah, like, me too, me too. It's fun, bro. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun, especially in comedy. Because like, uh, how many times have you been on a road gig? So we have to go on a road gig, and you're in a car with one or two other comics, or you're like traveling with them, or you're on like you're doing a weekend at a club with a few comics. So like, now you're just sitting there, and you just start talking, and then like gossip like naturally comes up, even if it's good gossip, not negative. Like it just comes up, you know. Yeah, man, it, it it like saves us from boredom a lot it of the does. time, and and because we're comedians, we're good at gossip. We're funny, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super good at it. When we start ripping someone apart, it's so funny, you know. <laughs> but, but like, you know, for the longest time, I tried being like one of those guys that was like, I'm not gonna gossip at all. I'm not gonna say anything negative about anyone. But I feel like. I feel like I'm not going to do that no more because it's like sometimes, bro, like if it's out of love and if it isn't because you're you're covering something or like working on an insecurity about yourself, you can like gossip and like and have it be harmless. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the more you like meditate and look inside yourself, you can start actually seeing the seeds of what you're throwing out there. So like you can see when you're gossiping, like, is this coming from a resentful, jealousy, hateful area? Or is this coming from uh, something that's uh, less bad? Like, uh, I'm not going to say gossiping is ever really a good thing. But like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) If if it's coming from an area that's more of just maybe just being like a kind of a fun shit talker kind of thing, like, which a lot of, yeah, which a lot of comedians are kind of like, right? And that's the thing, right? Because like, I don't know, I I love hip hop. And, and, 
And like one of the key elements of hip hop is battling. You know what I mean? So like when you when when a when an MC thinks that he's better than another one, he's he's gonna say it. You know what I mean? He's gonna break. He's gonna be like, man, I'm way better than this comedian. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. And I I legit think that like uh, I'm better than a lot of guys. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and, I'm gonna, yeah. and if I see some dude who who's like like um boasting or like acting cocky i'm gonna make fun of the, i'm gonna make so much fun of that dude yeah, you know yeah. what i mean right i'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna whip them you know like a jacob balshan he's a weak man i'm gonna fuck him up <laughs> <laughs> oh give jacob a break buddy <laughs> no dude i uh i i agree with you completely and uh yeah, and like I, I really think uh, that's the one good thing meditation uh, can uh, help with is like actually like understanding like your actual intentions whenever you're speaking. Like, is it coming from a more truthful place? And um, yeah, and hey, if like like you said, like why can't like there is such a thing as like a righteous anger or something? Like, if something is something that you see that is like actually wrong like and it make brings up anger but like it's coming from like a place that like hey like something's wrong and like if that anger is acting and you kind of like you're completely present with that anger i can see like there's a place for all those kind of emotions as well right it's more yeah. of like getting those like when you get anger stuck in you and you start uh, lamenting with it you know that's when it can like start becoming more of an issue Yo, dude, uh, one person uh, I think I've talked to you about before. Do uh, you know uh, Gabor Mate? He's yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, bro. That book, uh, I thought I had it right here. I was going to show it to you. But, dude, fucking Realm of Hungry Ghosts. Oh, oh I love that book. Uh, that's one of my, I was telling my cousin the other day, like, uh, Gabor Mate is going to be, like, my... Uh, the guest I really want to get on this fucking podcast one day. If I get him, I'm like, that's how I know I fucking made it. <laughs> Bro, that's that's like, that dude, legit. And I'm not even just saying this to like be dramatic, but he saved my life. Because um, for the longest time, I only clung on to like the, the spiritual side of, uh, of recovery, which is like AA, you know, higher power, like, the group, the group setting. And like, for the longest time, I'm like, but there's something more, man. Like I need, there's something inside of me that is wrong. Like there's something inside of me that like, it doesn't matter how many AA meetings I go to or how many recovery homes I stay in. Like there's something inside of me. I have to understand there's a science going on in my head and in my body that doesn't allow me to like stay sober. Like I relapse so much because there's something inside of my brain or a trauma or something that may have happened in the past that like keeps me from falling. You know what I mean? Falling mm -hmm. off. And when I read that book, it, it fucking liberated me. It liberated me because like, uh, it, it made me look back at my past, at my past, like growing up here in Canada and like, and my, uh, Sorry, like, I'm going to ramble for a second. Yeah, do your thing, do your thing. Because <laughs> that book really, really, like, it fucked me up, bro, in a good way. Like, um, so, like, I'm an immigrant. I, I, I'm from El Salvador, right? And so my family came uh, from Civil War, 
right? Like my, my mom's from a rich side and my dad's from a poor side. And my mom's, my mom grew up with no, with no dad. Uh, my dad grew up with his whole family, but, um, my mom was never an alcoholic, but she, her brothers and her uncles were all like severe addicts. My dad was an addict himself, right? Because like he grew, he grew up in poverty and, and he was in the civil war. Like they saw dead people, they saw all these things. And then when they had us, they didn't want us to see that stuff. So they moved to Canada and in El Salvador, my mom was a lawyer and my dad was a journalist. So they had good jobs. But then when we moved here, like they couldn't, they couldn't take care of us. Like they had to go to work. They would work for hours during the day and night. And my older sister used to take care of us. Right. So like back then I never thought anything of it. Right. But I was a young kid, bro. Like a kid wants his parents. Yeah. Right. A kid wants, no matter how much my parents loved me, there was something inside of my brain that made me think that they didn't because they weren't there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in a new country where it's primarily white people. And when um, I would bring this up at school that my parents wouldn't work, my uh, my teachers and like other adults would, would make me believe that they didn't love me that they weren't taking care of me. That's not how Canadian families are, you know? In the Canadian family, you have dinner with your family, right? And in my mind, I started blaming my parents for not giving us a Canadian upbringing, but really, they loved the fuck out of us. They were working their asses off. They were janitors. They were doing so much just so we could have, like, a bowl of cornflakes. But, mm -hmm. like, that kind of stuff, like, really... It, it fucked me up. It gave me trauma. And like, I, I never really thought about it until I read uh, Gabor Mate's book. And it was like explaining that environment, like, uh, adds so much to like the, like to the hardcore addict, right? Like sexual abuse, uh, growing up in a crack house, or growing up with no parents or like, whatever, whatever the case may be, that shit will, will, will like heighten the chances of addiction. Right. And like when I read this stuff, bro, I started crying because I was like, holy fuck, I'm not some fucked up zombie. I, I'm I like there's there's a reason behind this. There's a reason behind this, like this stuff. And like it's nobody's fault. You know what I mean? It wasn't my parents fault. It wasn't my fault. But the fact is that I have this thing. Right. And and now and having that knowledge now it's my responsibility to do, to do something about it. You know what I mean? That's why that book changed my life. Because it was like, holy fuck, I'm not hopeless. Yeah, man. I love Gabor Mate, bro. That's a dream of mine, too, is to meet him. Yeah, so, like, I'll just throw that out there for any uh the audience who want to check him out. Gabor Mate in the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. Uh, I'm reading his other book, uh, When the Body Says No, right now. I want to check that out, too, and I want to check out Scattered Minds. Yeah. Um, so like this guy looks at addiction in such a different way and he's, uh, he's just blowing up all over the world because, uh, 
people are just like really he has a really like he comes from vancouver east side which is like one of the worst areas for like heroin addiction in our country and um he's been helping out with addiction his whole life and he's having some great results and he looks at addiction so differently and yeah. a lot a lot of about, about it has to do with uh, childhood traumas which yeah. people uh, would sometimes pass down through generations that's too. Even, that's not even like in the, that's not even a speck of it either. Like yeah. the part is like big, but bro, it's also about like some people are born with less do uh, dopamine receptors. Yeah. Right. So like I I, I like I, I believe I have that. Like I was just born that way. It, it, it's nothing to do with genes or it running in your family. It, it has to do with like what type of environment were you born in and bro i was born during an earthquake like that shit is fucked up no way yeah so like so my mom was stressed and like that stress came because my brother and my sister don't have addiction you know they might in like in another way but like they never like went to substances like i did right? yeah yeah, so that book like did a lot of explaining for me. And also that book takes away the fucking stigma that we have against um addicts. Right? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Bro, the, the 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 system is designed to profit off of addiction. Mm -hmm. Right? Corporations want to make money off of this fucking awful thing that's happening in the world. They just want to make money. And like in the book, he's he says, yo. We got to stop villainizing the addict. We got to stop jailing them. We, we got to focus on recovery and uh, rehabilitation. Otherwise, this is an endless cycle. It will never stop. And the only reason it doesn't stop is because y'all are making money off of it. Yep, 100%. Man, I and like such a powerful uh, guy this dude is. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad uh, you actually... Uh, yeah, it's actually nice to be able to talk about him with uh, somebody who's actually uh, read his stuff. Uh, and I, I like, yeah, I asked me about that. Oh, it, I'm pumped. Like that, yeah. that changed my life, bro. <laughs> no, man, he honestly changed me. And he also, uh, he like helped me like uh, actually kind of understand, like uh, gives me a, almost a mission in my life, some purpose, because like when I uh, looked at him and how he's looking at the world and his worldview and like, uh, I kind of like kind of combined it with my, like almost my spirituality, my meditation and how I uh, find meaning and purpose in my life. And I, honestly, like a lot of that wrapped up into me starting this podcast and like he's affected my worldview a ton. Yeah. He, he, he's a guy who also talks about a lot about uh, meditation and psychedelics as well, because like he uses those to help people get off of addiction as well. Right. With mental illness, like, uh, do you uh, like think uh, you uh, suffer from that as well? Like, have you ever taken or like checked that out with like a therapist or. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Well, la last year, actually. Um, and, and this relates back to the book as well, like with, with trauma and, um, just like the, the science of addiction, I always felt like something else was wrong. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't enough for me to just pray or um, go to meetings. Like I, and, and I'm not bashing AA. Like I think AA helps people, but I always felt like there was something more. You know what I mean? So I remember um, last year I was like doing addictions counseling and I still do. And um, my, my counselor was like, yo, does it ever feel that 
um, you're only working out one of your arms and your other arm is not being worked out. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Like when you go to AA and when you pray and when you meditate and when you do yoga, you're working out your right arm, right? Or your left arm, whatever. And then he's like, but your left arm, um, sometimes like if this is the case with you, if you suffer from depression, you need to work that out too, right? And it doesn't matter how much you do the left stuff, that's not gonna help your right, your right and, arm. And right? what's the and what's the right arm? So the right arm for me, because again, all everything is subjective, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we all have our own, like our that's why life is so beautiful. That's why the human body is so beautiful, because it's all unique. You know what I mean? So like um my the the part that I wasn't working out was a chemical imbalance in my brain. Right? Okay. So I I suffer from depression, like bad depression. It gets really bad, bro. Cause um my highs are like up here. You've seen me when I'm pumped. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we love you when you're pumped. <laughs> Shirt off, I'm like the fucking man. You know what I mean? But when I'm down here, oh my God. Like it's it's unbearable. It's like I can't see past like the, the the external shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's impossible for me to see past the smoke, like the the like the negative shit. So I, I, I told him this and he's like, Yeah, bro, like sometimes it's as easy as doing the stuff that you're doing on your left arm, right? But sometimes you gotta you gotta go do other shit that like a lot of people aren't comfortable with. And like that's antidepressants, therapy. Um, counseling, yeah, just things that are are seen as like weak in our society. Okay. You know, yeah, because no one wants to talk. Nobody wants to be on medication. Yeah. Nobody wants to to be seen as crazy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I started taking antidepressants, and like, bro, it, it it like the side effects sucked. I'm not gonna lie. Like the side effects were the worst. Cause like I I would get headaches diarrhea, whatever, whatever. But then once that passed, I, I like the highs. It didn't take away my highs, nice. but, but the lows weren't as low anymore. You know, oh, and that must help so much. Oh my God. And another thing that my doctor, the guy who prescribed me the, the medication, he was saying that you got to be careful with those highs. Cause like those highs may feel good, but because you have an, uh, a mind that like, like, like a brain that like lacks dopamine. Yeah, something. yeah. Those highs are dangerous. Yeah, because they might be like desensitizing you to like, like almost to your dopamine. Like so even like your future lows might go back down, right? Well, th that's the thing, right? It's like you, your your mind attaches itself to to those highs. So when it feels something low, it crashes. It goes, oh, fuck, I need to get that high. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, uh, I, I never thought of that. I never in my life would have thought that me jumping on, on, on like, a bar at Broken City and taking my shirt off and going, like, ah! <laughs> I never thought that maybe that was, like, harmful to me. And now, now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, like, I got to chill sometimes. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean take away your personality or the things that people love about you, but it's about like, yo, like take care of yourself. 
Because even the good stuff, even the good emotions, you gotta you gotta watch. A hundred percent. Uh huh. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, even the good emotions you gotta watch. That's uh, very true. And, and like, uh, let me just give you some love, buddy, because uh, I've known you for like a while. I've known you when you were drinking, when you were not. Like, you were the one dude. Like, you became sober. And you still had that fucking gusto. You still had that fucking, like, fun-loving, like, burrito we all know. And, like, you can still go and, like, uh, you love taking off your shirt. You love just joking around. And, like, um, yeah, like, just we know you as that guy. And uh, even, like, you got off of uh, alcohol, you became sober. And uh, you still had that. And even more, like, you had this natural vitality to you that, like, we could all feel and, like, that's also what makes you just an amazing performer. So, like, fucking kudos, thank, buddy. Yeah, thank you, my dude. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so, like, we're almost done here. Let's uh, let's do a little bit of a comedy talk just because we got to get this out of the way. Um, man, like, uh, so we're, like, I, I don't know what we're at now, like, maybe seven weeks or whatever the hell it's been. Uh, we're off of comedy and, like, damn, man, like, some people are, like... Uh, I'm hearing like comics like getting really down and shit, like thinking we're not gonna get back to this shit for like a year or two. Like, how are you feeling? Like, why? Well, I comedy's just me, man. Like, I just can never see myself jumping out of that. I for you, I feel like you're kind of on the same boat, right? Oh yeah, one thousand, bro. Like, I uh, you you know, the, for the longest time, I always tried to like run away from stand up because like there was a lot of pain with like always trying to like seek validation from people. So, like, I, w I would get into music or acting or, like, even writing or whatever. So, like, sometimes I, like, I took advantage of how much stand-up, like, actually made me into, a, into, like, a dope artist, right? So now that I'm away from it, I'm starting to appreciate how much, like, I, how much stand-up is, like, so much a part of me, bro. I love it. I loved taking the streetcar to, like, multiple shows. I love writing jokes. I love seeing guys like you. Bro, you know what I was fucking thinking about recently is Jupiter, man. Yeah. <laughs> you guys started Jupiter in Calgary. That changed everything. Because I remember I was so mad at James and like everyone, all those old dudes for being like, you can't start another show. You can't do another show because like it's it's direct competition with Comedy Monday Night or uh, Yuck Yucks, uh, whatever, Laugh Shop, Comedy Cave. So, like, it was, it was, like, all, it was very, like, it was all contained, right? Yeah, yeah. So I remember me and Griffin, we used to start running all these open mics just to spite these dudes, and they would <laughs> hate us. They would be like, yo, stop running these shitty shows because people are going to think that that's what comedy is. So I would run, a like, so many shows, but they were all brutal. Like, they were all so bad. Like, names, <laughs> all that shit. But then I remember when you guys did uh, Jupiter, that was the first show that everyone was like, oh, this is, this is how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, this, like that show was the second show. It officially yeah. became the second show in Calgary that, like, that people loved, you know? And, like, that show, bro, made me dope. Like that show made me like when I saw that oak tree closed down, I got so sad. Yeah, me too, buddy. Me yeah, too. like it broke my heart. But that's 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 what I'm talking about. What what I miss the most is like all the all the history that we've been a part of, bro. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. Like uh, we have been through a lot of history, and like uh, 
No, I like I like I just I don't think this shit's gonna fucking uh, end or anything. I think uh, I don't know. I'm like such an optimist. I think comedy will be coming back eventually. I don't know when, I'm, but like I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. Same home with you, man. All these all these uh, motherfuckers who are like, yo, uh, it's not gonna be the same for like two years. Or per- perhaps it will never be the same, right? And in my head, I'm like, bro, people are stupid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> are quick to forget you know what i'm saying like oh yeah the minute the minute that like it's acceptable for people to go out i think comedy and live performances in general are going to be the first things that people want to see because now people are especially like with this abundance of like fucking netflix and all that shit like people see a real life show man oh actually that's a great point i'm already getting tired of like uh just like watching media and stuff like i'm like i love like yeah i love watching movies i love watching television or like even funny stuff online but i'm just getting tired of it just because like we've been in this quarantine for so long so that is a great point like when that shit starts up people are going to want to get out and see some stuff and like comedy has like such a the one cool thing about comedy it has like such like a human connection to it that where you can like actually like kind of tell like your actual feelings on something and you can see somebody's actual perspective and like yeah i think people are going to love to come and see some live performance and be like just a few feet away from somebody and be like all right let's see what your perspective is now that you haven't been on stage for so long and let's see if you've grown and learned or any of that shit and yeah sorry the the only thing that i think is going to be like affected affected is like the business side of it right because like just for laughs or like other other major festivals like they 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 can't happen the same at least this year because of the sponsorships you know what i mean like a lot of things are canceling so like it's going to be hard to like have festivals like that for a bit comedy clubs what if they can't pay the rent they might not exist like oak tree like yeah. it got shut down but that even still even with that kind of like um, those kinds of obstacles, it will never ever kill people's love for art. I agree completely, man. Um, there, yeah, and you're right. There'll be some obstacles, but uh, it is one of those things that's gonna come back. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. Have you done an online show at all? <laughs> Yo, I have, and at first I loved it because I'm like, fuck the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I, I, I went up there with so much confidence and I'm like, ah, blah, blah, blah. But like, even though I, I appreciate, I appreciate the online shows. Like, it's it's a good way to like practice still, try new stuff. But nothing will ever, ever be a real show, bro. Yeah, no, I agree. I did a couple of online shows already. And uh, yeah, like, uh, it, it was nice to like, actually feel like I'm doing comedy again. So that was amazing. But uh I, when I did the online shows with my friends, like let's say my friends were in the in the Zoom or whatever, that was fun because if you if if I saw that I was making them laugh, like that was dope. I, that was a sick feeling. Yeah, and uh, that's actually the cool thing about Zoom. Like uh, you could actually see some of the people, and you're like, all right, I'm getting some laughs here. This is good. <laughs> the one thing I did one with on Facebook Live, and I didn't even know there was a message thing. So all I saw was myself, and then on the top there of the screen, there's just an eye with like how many people are there. 
Yeah. And who I like that was like that was kind of soul destroyed because it sucked if you like said a punchline and then all of a sudden like the number of people watching goes down. You're like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good joke. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. Uh, so this is it, man. Uh, dude, I fucking love you. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, so like, I really want people to check out your blog because like your writing is like has so much like emotion and realness to it so uh let let people know where they can uh, check you out yeah it's on uh marito.lopez.wordpress.com and it's called uh uh the revolution of a papi el diario de un borracho <laughs> that's such a burrito name right there i love that <laughs> all right dude i'll uh, i'll add those links man uh thanks so much yeah thank you bro love you my dude Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, If you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Uh, Please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under Newer Kidwife. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much uh, and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God, yay or nay.